in a world with so much poverty is being rich immoral. We discuss this and more on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for people who love to have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, rich man's poor man. And with me as always is my fanatically frugal co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and someone who believes that he'd be a very good, rich person. I'm very altruistic, and I have all these plans for when God blesses me with millions and millions of dollars to use it well. If I were a rich man, yabbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbidibbid
Ooh, okay. Yeah. There's a lot to dive in here. And this is going to be fun because you actually majored in economics. Yes. So you, I'm sure you'll have some good- I have a lot of opinions that a lot of people are going to disagree with me. Oh yeah, you can correct <laughs> everything I get wrong. Cool, that's awesome. Um, but I'll just be the moral center. Per, please do. You, <laughs> yes, you'll be the ethical conscience. You'll be my Jiminy Cricket. And may God have mercy on us all. Well, and I'll, and I'll start with that by saying, you know, before I should, you know, dive into the whole economic and, and logistic problems of rich and poor and the division and right. is it right or wrong, you know, I, I, I got to be honest and say that most of my views, if I'm honest, come from uh, the grid of Christianity, right. of, of Jesus' words and his actions and how right. he asked us to live. And I find that his words and actions make everyone uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. um, and a- ask everyone to stretch. And so I'm going to start with a story because, you know, something that has made me stretch in my views, what I think, you know. Um, and so, you know, the, the story of the rich young ruler is a really interesting one to mm-hmm. me. You know, it's about a young ruler who comes to comes to Jesus and says, I want to follow you. I want to be a part of what you're doing. You're awesome. You know, I've done all these good things. Can I, can I be a part of what you're doing? And Jesus says, of course you can. You're welcome. You just have to give away all of your stuff and sell it to yeah. the poor. And he says it to the rich young ruler. And unfortunately, the end of the story, the rich young ruler says, I can't do that. And he ends up not following Jesus. Now, I think this is a really good passage to start with, but it's also good to bring some context into this. Um, I think a lot of people try to use this as this is what Jesus is telling all of us, rather than more of an allusion to what are the things you're unwilling to give up in your life, which could be money. What are the things that you are holding on to in a place that God should take um, priority? It could be money, but maybe it's relationships, maybe it's sex, maybe it's comfort, whatever it is. I think the story is orienting more around asking, if we're going to get anything personal from asking, what are the things that are blocking our heart from following God? So I don't necessarily think it's a, at least in this context, an admonishment of being rich as much as it's admonishment of holding something in the place that God should take. Right. Um, but it is hard, as you pointed out, to reconcile because all through um, the New Testament in Jesus's life, he talks to the rich and saying it's harder for a rich man yeah. to go through the eye of a needle than it is for him to get in the kingdom of heaven. Now, you know, there's interpretations on this. The, the needle was a small hole next to the gate where the camels went through. So yep. they would actually have to take off everything on their back. Yep, I um, that. Yep. Another illusion uh, to get through it on their hands and knees, which is interesting. I don't know how accurate it is. <laughs> we can have Drew Johnson come back on and <laughs> yes. tell us if we're getting that wrong. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, it, it's hard to get away from this idea that um, the scripture tells us that money and the, yeah. the hoarding of and the owning of and the and the idolatry of money is a real danger. Money is the root of all kinds of evil, the yes. Bible says. So as Christians, we can't just be like, well, you know, it's just whatever. It's great to be rich. Everyone should, you know, whatever. Yeah. We can't just ignore what scripture says because there is a consistent through line here yes. of God talking about money. Now, so that, that's one half of it that I really do have to grapple with and, and hold on to. On the other half, I also think that the Bible is pretty consistent when it talks about greed and Mm. envy of of Mm. people. So, and and I think this is a, a, you know, you see it all through scripture about this is a bad thing, meaning it is natural, I think, for anyone who has more than us uh, to be just, I have multiple people in my lives that I have to not look at on Instagram because I have this inherent jealousy and desire of what they have. Um, Maybe it's money, maybe it's X, Y, Z, your career, um, uh, house, whatever it is. But there is an envy element that lives within humans. Yeah. If someone has more than me, they're either bad or they should give it to me. Yeah. I deserve this. Right. Um, and so I think that's an, also a really unhealthy place mentally and spiritually to live and to always look at someone who has more than you and believe that you deserve it and they shouldn't have it. 
And yeah. so I see both of these things happening right now. I see a yeah. lot of people um, living with envy that what someone else has, I should have. I don't like, I want what they have. And then yeah. I also see on the other side, uh, very often people having wealth and hoarding it and not yeah. doing, you know, the article you brought up is, is it immoral to be rich? There is something to be said when there are starving people and there are people who are homeless. There is something to be said for, you know, it is kind of immoral to buy another yacht when there are people who could benefit and you could help and even save lives by even just a little bit of your money. But that's also just to say that a blanket statement is also ignoring how much uh, how there are people who are rich who give millions and yeah. millions away and it's because of their wealth that they're able to help so that didn't give you any <laughs> so you got no answers no but, answer at all just set up a lot of but, more questions but, but some clarity you know clarity of a direction i think so i think that's that's an interesting point one of the things we were talking about before is that there are you know when we talk about rich you know sometimes it is the question of hey somebody's starving over there and you're not helping yeah but sometimes there is an envy element to it we you know uh, we're talking beforehand about there are politicians you often find who will say they'll rail against millionaires and billionaires until they become a millionaire and then they only rail against the billionaires and you can watch this happen sort of in real time and so that's so that's a very true thing i i think so, okay, from, from my perspective, I think you make an excellent point about the Bible and context, giving context to the Bible, because there's all, plenty of rich people in the Bible that, you know, God doesn't ask them to give up all their wealth, you know, and, you know, they're, they're still rich and they, you know, and, and they're not condemned for that. They're, people are, are condemned in the Bible for rich for not being generous with their wealth. So I think as a Christian, like, that's a point we can make is that the Bible doesn't talk about wealth itself being immoral, it talks about people not being generous with it. Okay. I think that's for me that not makes, using what they have well. Exactly. Yes. Now I think so. This is the thing. I think the the two kind of arguments about like there being wealthy people means that there's something wrong with the system. I find less persuasive than the argument as we were alluded to that okay, if you're not using it generously, that's a problem. Because yes. like you know, because again, I don't find it to be unfair that Jeff Bezos has more money than I do. Because, you know, Amazon has done a lot more, benefited a lot more people than, you know, my articles for Religion Unplugged, which are really great and you should read them. But (laughs) Amazon has still benefited a lot more people. And so he should have more money than I do. Wait, wait, wait. You're not a (laughs) multi-billionaire? This is news to me. (laughs) Oh, secrets out. Um, But uh, so I don't think that's intrinsically wrong. I also think, again, most of the time when we talk about taking care of the poor and we look at whether it's government programs or charities and we ask, you know, whenever we're talking about that, people ask, well, how are we going to afford these, all of these huge social safety nets to take care of the poor? Whenever it says, how are we going to afford that? Everyone always says, well, rich people will pay for it. And I'm not making like a, a policy argument here regardless. I'm just saying that, well, the only way that argument works is if there are actually rich people, you know, who exist mm. in the world. So the only way for social safety nets to exist are for there to be rich people in the world. So I don't think that being rich, you know, can be immoral. In well, and there is a statistic about, I, I, and I, I can't remember the exact statistic, so you'll have to look it up yourself, yes. but it's something like the top 10 or 20% of earners pay like 90% of the right. taxes or something. Right. So a lot of our social programs, whatever you feel about them, do come from a country where we do have 
rich people. Right. And you can argue, you know, whether or not they should pay more or whatever. That's that's a different separate argument. But it's like, well, it seems like in order to have these social safety nets, we do need rich people. And again, you know, I sort of alluded to this at the beginning. I would really recommend people read an article um, called Bill Gates tweeted out a chart and sparked a huge online debate about global poverty, because it really it makes this point that there's a whole bunch of these different experts who are arguing with each other about global poverty and whether how much things are getting better. And what's interesting is that even though they disagree on a lot of things, they come to a consensus that, you know, since the rise of sort of, you know, global uh, globalization and capitalism and the modern uh, democracies, the two things have happened at the same time. Everybody's gotten richer, but income inequality has gotten wider. So the, maybe the bottom um, of the, the economic ladder is moving up, yes. but much slower than the top. Yes, exactly. And so people, like I said, people today who are poor are, you know, in many cases, as rich as kings were prior to the 1700s. So trickle-down did work, just really, really worked a lot of section of people. And, okay. you can, and, you can dis, and you can disagree, maybe income inequality is a bigger problem than absolute poverty. And that's a whole thing. But that's it's, it's helpful to know what the problems actually are. Well, I like that you brought up that, th- this is interesting to me, naturally, I hadn't thought about this, that to say that we shouldn't have rich people, but also that rich people should pay for all the social programs, which I think we as a society should, and sure. by the way, um, in many cases, is uh, th- th- that's not congruent. Because once right. you get rich for all the rich people, who's paying for this stuff? Now, again, there is an argument to be made that rich people should pay more, mm-hmm. but there is an argument to be made that we should create an environment where we can have more rich people so they can pay taxes, we can have more social right. programs. Yeah. So now that's the thing is where, where to me is, I think the interesting question to go is, okay, you know, you have all these rich people who like, you know, are, are you know, are billionaires and millionaires. And, you know, could could they just eliminate poverty and should they just eliminate poverty by giving away 90% of their wealth? You know, that's, you know, they could for about a week and then we sure, get back yeah. in the same position. Well, that's, that's the thing is, you know, you look at people like with like um, uh, people who win the lottery. Yes. And, and this like, is, they've studied this, by the way. Yeah, exactly. This is, again, this is not controversial. People who win the lottery, they instant, almost instantly, all their money is gone. They say within about, they say average, like within about three to six months, it's all gone. I mean, this is tens of millions of dollars. Right, exactly. So just saying, okay, you know, all the rich people need to, you know, uh, give away 90% of their wealth and that will solve poverty. It will solve poverty for a very short period of time. And then we'll be back in the same. So, but here's, I'm going to be the devil's advocate of here and say, I think what bothers people and bothers me too. Absolutely. Um, is there is an aspect, I want to be fair here. Yes, there's a lot of, I want what they have and all that. Sure. But I think there's another aspect that I think is genuine here, which is, I think, you know, we, we live in New York, right? Yeah. And so we are face-to-face every day. We walk on the streets. We don't drive yeah. uh, through neighborhoods. We walk on the streets where we see poverty and homelessness and people working really hard for yes. not very much. We see a lot of problems in the world. We see trash, we see crime, whatever it might be. And then you hear about the apartment, you know, down the street from us. Yeah. Um, we're in our little studio apartment that sold for, you know, $58 million right. that has a pool in it. And, then you, and, um, and so you go... Uh, it's not just about income inequality. It is a little bit about to, you know, there's a, a scripture. Um, what, uh, what is it? it it's uh, to those who have much, much as expected. Yeah, exactly. And so there is this kind of in our heart somewhere. It's like, well, you have so much, but you're just using it on two or three people that could be good. So it, it triggers something that's like, we see the problems in the world and we don't have much power. And of course we can try and you know help at food kitchens, but we see people who have such excess and use that excess so irresponsibly yes. with seemingly a hard heart that it does, it bothers. And I think yeah. rightfully so it bothers something else. No, I agree. I mean, again, cause, cause you can, you can talk about like how, you know, 
it's, you know, like I said, maybe like just throwing money at a problem wouldn't solve it or would solve it for a very short period of time. You can talk about like, okay, you know, homelessness is complicated. And there are some cases where money wouldn't solve the problem, but there are some cases it would. Yeah. And there are, you know, there are cases where, you know, where somebody really does have a life-threatening disease, can't get insurance for it. And somebody, instead of getting a yacht, another yacht, could actually just Help solve that problem. Heart exactly, you know, overnight. The amount of people who have died because they didn't have enough money for care, that should, as Christians, yes. Whereas now, can I say something really quick? I, you can uh, even say it slow if you want. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I take that back. The problem here for me really comes down to, and I'm sorry for our, our listeners who aren't believers. I'm going to get a little re- religious on you. Um, we love you. Um, but, <laughs> I'm uh, sure that that's going to get get rid of them at this point. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but my problem is when you divorce, basically all my beliefs about giving money away and being moral yeah. and using what you have well are derived from my belief in God and the responsibility and the oughts that he's put on us. So if you try to tell people they have a responsibility outside of their creator saying, you need to be generous, you need to help people. Basically the question you're always going to be faced with is why? Sure. Why? I I came in this world. I get mine. I'm going to leave. You don't get yours. Sorry. If you weren't lucky enough, sorry. And so for me, it's, there has to come a point where we come back to this, um, that I base my generosity off of what God has told me to do. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's no. hard for me to divorce the subject from my my religious beliefs. Right. Well, this is actually interesting because you there are some people who are trying to make a sort of a secular argument for why you should give. I mean, you know, was Dr. Jordan Peterson, who is, you know, considered by maybe be a conservative, he's often called out conservatives for not taking the issue of income inequality seriously enough, because he says that if you look at the patterns socially and cross-culturally, um, pa- societies with greater income inequality are less stable because people at the bottom, you know, envy people at the top and feel feel that injustice. Like they have, and I need stuff, and they are more likely to descend into violence. So you can't, so there are some people who are trying to make that argument, but you're right, there isn't as much motivation to do it. You don't see that motivation. You don't see people actually buying into that and saying, oh, I'm going to um, you know, I'm going to give up something of mine that I really want to help somebody I don't know. Donate to the children's fund. Why? What have children ever done for me? Well, and you know, you look at like someone like Jeff Bezos. I think the question, you know, would be why does he have any impetus aside yes. from you know he wants to be a good person, people like him, quote unquote good. Yeah. It's like at the end of the day, if if we believe he's just going to die, and, and yes. why wouldn't he just use his life to get as much as he can, regardless of you? Yeah, exactly. That's and that's fair. So, and again, even in a, in a society that becomes unstable, he can protect himself because yes. he has the money to protect himself. I think, and this is where I sort of where I sort of go, and I think is interesting. I think when I look at the early church. And look at because people often look at okay if you're Christians, you know, and people often use this as an example of the rich people in there were giving generously. Mm. There, but what the context of that was, I've talked this by talking with people, you know, having honest conversations with people. They trusted the apostles and the leaders of the church, and they said, "Look, I believe me giving money to you is going to be a good investment because I trust you to use it well, and because I spiritual think investment you, by the way, spiritual yes, but it goes it's like in terms of like." as an investment in you're going to use it well to help people. Yes. And the thing is most of the time when I look at people today who choose to buy another yacht instead of, you know, uh, instead of, you know, giving, giving more money to taxes or giving more money to charities or giving more money to the church. Oftentimes they say is I don't actually trust them to use the money well. Mm. Um, and I, you know, and 
I either like they're not either usually not a part of the church, first of all, because they don't trust like the church, they don't trust the church leadership, and they're not, you know, they're not Christians. Or they've seen really bad examples and they, of Christians. And they've seen really bad exactly. And especially they see, okay, I've given money to churches, I've given money to nonprofits, I've given money and government programs, and those programs are notoriously bad at managing money. Or they end up buying <laughs> new entertainment or they things, exactly yeah, or a new, you know, smoke machine for their stage. It's like, well, that is it really helping? Yeah. And so I think that one of the things the these for me, the the answer often is because we talked about this. There are people who do need the money. Like I said, they need that life-saving kidney transplant, and a rich person would be able to solve that problem. But the rich person also needs to know that poor person to actually oh, be able to know. Oh, yes, this is a person who actually does need it, versus this other person is actually a person who doesn't need it. And so, I my what I wish is that there were more places where rich people and poor people actually knew each other. And where the rich people actually knew, you know, knew, okay, I'm going to give to this organization. I'm going to be part of this community. I'm going to be part of this community that I know I have accountability with and that I know it's going to be used way that and I you trust And you can see it. the effect of your giving. Exactly. This is a really, really good point because people are relational. They did a yeah. study a while ago on, this is a long time ago, when gay rights was more of an issue. And they they polled people, who uh, people who generally would be against it, um, people who, who knew someone in their life who is uh, in the community and people who didn't and the people even the people who are more likely politically to not support it who knew someone by far and away supported it more yeah so all that to say is there's when you have a personal connection yeah. with someone you are more likely to um have those relational desires to yeah. help to support and so this is a great this is a great thing maybe some part of the answer is I'm not, of course, we need to, taxes are good, that, that that's a normal yeah. thing in societies, but maybe one of the answers, if we see this inequality happening, we see so much trouble in the world that could be solved in part by money, and we see that it's not being used by uh, a lot of rich people to go help that, I think you bring up a great point that it, that there's an, uh, a natural human inclination to help when we feel we're connected to yeah. the person who needs help. And there's just not a lot of places in society, and by the way, this is, this is, the fault of many rich people. They create places they sure. don't have to. But I would say, if you're rich, if you're a person of means, I'm not just saying, okay, go out and you just have to give everybody your millions away. I mean, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> give it to me. Too. Yeah, if you feel God calling you to do that. But I am saying, at least to start, go and involve yourself in poor communities, meet poor people, get to yeah. know them. And you might start finding that your heart is pricked towards, I, I like this person, I want to help them. Yeah. And, I, and I can help them. And that's something that all of us rich or not should be looking at. Of course, we want the rich to take care of us, the government to take care of us, the charity to take care of us. Yeah. But God still, Jesus and everyone who's interaction still asks us with what we have yeah. to do something with it. So, um, and that's where the idea of tithe comes from. It's yeah. not, it's trying to not make an idol out of your money. It's trying to not uh, make an identity and to continue learning to see places that you can give and help yeah. with the means you have whatever that might be. Yeah. No, I think, well, you know, and one, one, do one, what is one group that actually does this really well. It's like, believe it or not, Mormons. Mm, they're really, they're actually really good at tying, giving and supporting the poor to relationship, you know, and, and again, there's a lot of toxic aspects of it that I wouldn't want people to emulate, but they do is like say, okay, we're going to give to you. But we also want you to become a part of our community. Well, and community is the operative word here, right? Yes. It's amazing in New York how you can live in these very segregated communities that are still on top of each other. Yes. We never actually get to know each other. But it's in the idea of church, you know, we I think many people in modern ages think it's a place where you go listen to music. But one of the benefits of church is a conglomeration of people from all different walks of life who yeah. know, support, connect with each other so that 
charity can happen almost naturally. Yes. Because you know, so you will meet someone who you can help or you meet someone exactly. who can help you, but it won't just be this random thing. I guess I'm giving this for a tax write-off. I'm giving this to a friend and I need yeah. to see the results of what I did. Yeah. And I think that's a really beneficial thing, but I do want to talk to the rich people a little bit yeah. and say, if you're a believer, especially if you're a believer, yeah. it's hard to tell this to someone who's not, but if you're a believer, you do have a responsibility right. to use whatever you've been given for the kingdom of God. And that yes. means helping the poor. That was a consistent message yeah. across the scripture that you need to help poor. And whenever rich, the rich or money was criticized, it was almost always criticized in the context of hoarding or making an idol out of it, not yeah. just being rich. As you pointed out, there's plenty of rich people in scripture who were even lauded, yeah. who were supported. You know, there were people who supported Jesus' ministry, but the people who were called out for the riches yeah. were the ones who weren't using something they had been given for the betterment of the world and the expansion of the kingdom of God. By the way, we're going to do an episode. Yes. We mentioned the kingdom of God a lot. We're going to do an episode on what that is for anyone who doesn't have an understanding well, or context, but, but does that make sense? No, 100%. Well, I think this, this is a, this is a very, a very pointed point because God very specifically talks about, look, you know, I'm building a kingdom on earth. And if you're not helping me build my kingdom, you're at war with me. Because mm. I am trying to build this kingdom. If I'm, you're not building with me, then you're fighting against the kingdom. And it's for the betterment of everyone. Well, that's the thing. The Yourself kingdom, included. Exactly. No, like, yeah, the kingdom of God, again, we'll do an episode on this, but is about creating a society that's just and good and beautiful for everyone. And if you're trying to fight against that, then, you know, I'm sorry, like that you're fighting against God and what the good that he wants to bring in the world. And what's one of the things, that's why kind of when, when, um, uh, when Jesus says, it's hard for rich men to enter the kingdom of God. I always go to the fact that missionaries had the easiest time when, when, when they went to India to preach the gospel, to preach Christianity. They had the hardest time preaching to people who were at the top of the caste system. Mm. And they had the easiest time preaching to people who were the, the bottom of the caste system. Why? Because the people at the top of the caste system, they benefited from the kingdom that was built that was contrary to God's kingdom. Is it one well, and this is a... I'm sorry, no, 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 no. this is a good place to talk about. It's not just the ownership of money or yeah. having money, but how our relation to it. Yes. Because I don't think I, also, I don't think having money is an inherently evil thing, but God does warn, and this is what he warns, that when money is in the place of God, and I said this earlier, yeah. then is where all the problems happen. When you hold money to be your security, yeah. your identity, yeah. your way in the world, and then you start seeing problems happen. When you see yourself first as someone who is following God and money is just something you have, then you can start using it well and it's not an identity for yeah. you. And I think that's what God calls us to do with, not even just money, with whatever we have, yeah. we can offer. So if you're, I would say, you know, if you're a rich person, one of the first things I would say to do is find a way to build relationships with people, be a part of a church, be a part of an organization, whatever, where you're actually building relationships, genuine relationships, yes. not relationships so you can figure out how I can help people, but genuine relationships with people who have less means than you, because then you know the needs that exist in the world that you can help and the people who need it and the ways that you can help them. Well, it's exposure. When you expose yourself yeah. to the needs, assuming you're not just a total psychopath <laughs> or sociopath, it is hard as a I human. Feel called out. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard as a human because the way we're wired and again, designed by God is to, when we're exposed to something, to have a reaction to it. Yeah. Whether that's art, we have a reaction to its beauty or yeah. its ugliness, whatever it might be. And so if you expose yourself to people in need, you're going to have a reaction to it. Yeah. And so giving won't be this arduous, oh, I guess I have to give, or even a transactional, like a write-off. Yeah. It'll be something that you're excited to do. Jesus says, I love, uh, or the scripture says, God loves a cheerful giver. Yeah. 
and so, and it's not just, I guess I have to, um, it's something that you'll want to do, but giving is a part of what God has called us to do. Yeah. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. Mm, well, amen. Any more uh, to say? I think it's a pretty good place to wrap up. Oh man, I'm sure there is, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think we've well said most you, of it. If you guys get, if you guys have uh, thoughts or opinions of different or ways you'd like us to explore more of it, um, then we'll we'll revisit this. But other than that, I think we're we're good here. Um, cool. So we can move on to blesses and curses. So we're gonna bless and curse, uh, recommend or disrecommend things having to do with rich people and such. So Nathan, uh, do you want to go first? Yeah. Okay. Pull up my uh, handy dandy iPhone. Okay. Rich people. Okay. So I'm going to bless and I've blessed this one before and I know it's not Christmas, but I'm going to bless one anyway, because it just has so much to do with what we're talking about today <laughs> is Muppets Christmas Carol, mm. which I think is a beautiful example of both healthy um, and really unhealthy uh, attachments to money. Mm. Because it's interesting, you watch Scrooge take this journey, right? And his yeah. heart is at the beginning is hard and he's greedy and he hoards all of his money in the face of great need, especially yeah. um, during that time, there was great poverty and sickness. And you see this man who's just hoarding all the wealth and exploiting people. And that's a real thing. I don't think we can ignore that, guys. I know what we want to sometimes, but I think it's a real thing that happens in the world. But his, but his process to goodness isn't him losing all of his money right it's his heart being changed to where he begins using what he has yeah. for the benefit of others and it comes to what you said joseph him seeing other people's yeah. stories and seeing the need and when he's confronted um with uh bob cratchit's need because he sees behind the scenes and see what's going on all of a sudden his heart because he still is even though he's a little sociopathic he still is human underneath everything his heart is pricked and so he starts seeing the ways that he can use what he has yeah. for the good. Now, I want to also say this real quick. I didn't say in the episode, it's easy to put all the impetus on people who have sure. um, money and stuff. But in speaking and contextually, here in the West and just throughout history, we have more than most people will ever have, yeah. uh, ever have had throughout history. So this is not just an admonition for um for just the, the quote unquote super wealthy or multimillion, right. it's an admonition for all of us yes. to ask ourselves, what do we have and yeah. how can we use it to bless yeah. others, especially in, in relation to relation? Um, and so this is something to ask all of us, but this also goes for you rich people. Yes. If you're about to buy another yacht and you know someone who could, who, who could use this, I promise you it'll do your heart and head more happy. Yeah. Happiness like Scrooge discovers in the Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. Um, and obviously the book I'll recommend too, but I just love the iteration of the Muppets and Michael Caine. Why is everybody calling you Michael Caine? I just, ah, oh, so good. Yeah. yeah. There's something about growing up in the nineties where it's like, oh, this is yeah. the real version of, of the Christmas yeah, Carol. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to read it this year, I think for the first time. Oh, um, it's that good. You'll enjoy it. Yeah. I think I will. I, I feel like I, I never did because I knew the story, but I feel like I want to read Dickens' yeah. words, but yeah, that's, that's my bless. I'm going to curse upload season two mm. and i'm gonna bless season one i thought season one was so much fun basically it's a it's a amazon show about um when, when you die you get um your your consciousness uploaded into a computer so it's yeah. like a digital world where you get to live but it, it you know it does have things to say about the wealthy and um and how they get more quote-unquote data yeah. in this new world because they xyz um but the thing is, the second season, oh man, it just lost the magic of the first. And so you kind of started not really caring what they say or the messages they brought. Yeah. 
And it started rather than seeing the nuance and, and, and difficulty in trying to help um, people see how they could, it was just demonizing yeah. uh, people that didn't agree with it. It got very ideological. And, and listen, I, I, I can watch anything and enjoy it, but make it good. It just got bad. Yeah. And it lost all the fun it had in the first season. Yeah. Um, so I got to curse upload season two. Yeah, that's right. Now, when, whenever, you know, again, what was it? Uh, the 11th uh, commandment, thou shalt not bore me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> whenever they stop being actually entertaining and they start just... Like I, again, like I said, like you said, I don't care what you almost don't care what your message is with some exceptions. You know, even if I completely disagree with you, if you're entertaining me, I don't care. Oh yeah. Yeah. So well, I actually thought there was a great opportunity to talk about the rich and the poor yeah. uh, in this kind of world and um, where they could have looked in the nuance and talked about hearts and changing people to want to, it just demonized the side that they don't like, which yeah. I think, even if I don't think they're good people or whatever, I don't think that's a, a useful yeah, it's not use um, or that won't change anyone's mind. I tell yeah. us to Christians all the time in Christian movies, if you just demonize unbelievers yeah. in your movie, you're never actually going to win any yeah. of them. No, it's a, so yeah, exactly. No, Looking at you, God's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, such a hot take. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, sorry. Okay, so my blesses. So first I'm going to bless, I've blessed this before on the show, I think a couple times now, but I'm going to, this is perfect for this episode, is the new DuckTales reboot um, and the cartoon. It's one of the most actually complex and nuanced takes on wealth and 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 that i've seen actually portrayed because it does portray of course scrooge mcduck the incredibly famous super rich greedy person as someone who is greedy and selfish with his money but it the first thing is they do actually treat it as he did earn it and he does deserve it because he actually did do really good things with it but what does need to happen is that his heart needs to be changed so that he sees that oh and his enemy oftentimes his enemies who are calling him out are really greedy themselves. They're just envious that he actually just got it and they didn't, even though really they didn't deserve it as so much. So it kind of shows did. the ills of both sides. It shows the ills of both sides. But the thing is what his heart needs to be changed so he's more generous with his wealth, but it's changed through relationships, through mm. his relationships with his family and through their relationships with other people. He's actually able to grow his heart in that way. So it's, it's a kind of a long form version of a Christmas Carol in that way, but without it being saying, well, we can all look at Scrooge and say, well, he's he's greedy. But to look at Scrooge McDuck and be say, he's actually kind of a good a person more close to me and how I could see myself. Oh. Where he's basically a decent person, but just is a little bit more selfish with his money than he should be. So they don't make a total caricature. Exactly. And so it actually is very powerful. It makes you think, oh, how do I want to learn to be more mm. generous in that way myself? So again, it takes these issues that we all deal with, but it just throws a lot of nuance on it, particularly for a kid's cartoon. So if you're like a parent and want to actually get your kids thinking about these and understanding these things, show them DuckTales. Or if you're an adult and you just like cartoons like I do, DuckTales. Okay. Also, I'm going to bless a book, which I haven't done in a little while, but I'm going to- We do read occasionally. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Somehow I doubt it. Um, I'm going to bless Great Expectations, which I read when I, particularly when I was on my Charles Dickens kick. And one of the things I think this does really well is it, it just talks about the motivations for wealth that are often distorted. Because again, you have this kid who's, who's very poor, but then he just dedicates himself to actually being rich because, you know, he falls in love with a girl who he thinks won't love him unless he's rich. And then that's a simplification mm. of the story. But 
oftentimes, you know, we are want money for the wrong reasons. Again, it's making an idol and an identity. Exactly. It's going to make an identity. It's going to make me feel beloved. I'm going to be loved if I have money. I'm going to be mm. loved if I, you know, hoard my wealth and I, I can keep it. And so it's, it really is a deconstruction of him learning to actually love himself and be loved, even if he doesn't have, even if he's not wealthy in that way. So I think that that's a really good meditation on that. Um, the, fuck it. My curse is going to be, is we a movie? Is we a Justin Timberlake movie? <laughs> I know what you're going to say. In time. Oh, uh, wow. This is bad on so many levels. Yeah. No, it's it's a dystopian story where they basically use, you know, like people can buy time. And time is currency. So you, you die if you don't have enough time. And no one ages past 25. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So we can have lots of good looking Hollywood people. Um, <laughs> and it's just... It's again, like you said about upload, it doesn't deal with these things in a very complex way. It's just, you know, oh, look at these evil people who are hoarding all of it. And the solution is just to destroy the whole system and redistribute everything. And it's like, which again, it makes us feel good, but doesn't actually address the problem or give us any individual responsibility to help make the world that way, build relationships with anyone. So it's, it's, it's just, and it's just a very, very badly written film. Yeah. I'm not even talking about the message. It's just bad, yeah. bad acting, bad. <laughs> but it was an interesting concept. No one aged past 25. Yeah. And they, I always get mad when they could do something with the concept. Well, That's my frustration with upload. And they uh, avoid the interesting things I can do to go for the easy one. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, 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 a, it is, yeah, you're absolutely right. The The idea of building a world where you can, that's metaphorical about like time versus money, because people talk time is money. That's a great idea. If only somebody actually thought of doing it in a way that was intelligent and interesting. Yeah. So cool. Well, anyway, so those are our blessings and curses. So Nathan, if people want to get in touch with you, uh, where can they go? They can go to nathanclarkson.me and uh, make sure to check out my store. I have a few new books that are out. I want mm. you to grab one. You can check out my movies there as well. Uh, you can also go to uh, social media where you can find me anywhere. Just type in my name, Nathan Clarkson. Yep, you can find me on the socials as well. You know, at, uh, you know on Twitter, Facebook. If you can't find my Joseph Holmes name. You can probably find me under a normal guy. Um, also, josephholmesstudios.com. And of course, again, we would love to see you on the Overthinkers Facebook page. Go to Facebook and type in the Overthinkers private group. And there you go. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. Mm-hmm.